Here's Desert Diaries. Hello, Arizona calling on a beautiful, balmy, not yet too terrifically hot day. What a boon for Phoenix in June, eh? I am sitting in my back garden talking to you. Thought I'd come outside today. Feet sloshing in my pool. And you know what? Feeling very happy to be home. But what a week in New York City. First up, I had forgotten how many people there are in New York City. I realised just how much of a driving city Phoenix is compared to a walking city like New York. I think we've passed more people in the street in the first five minutes than we've passed all year here in Phoenix. And you know, it was so nice to see people, especially after the year and a half we've all just had. We were staying just on the border between Greenwich Village and Soho in Lower Manhattan and it's very much a cafe culture kind of vibe around there and everywhere was packed. You know, New York had suffered a lot during the Covid crisis and the city had only really started to open up just a few weeks before and man alive, those New Yorkers were taking full advantage of being able to escape their apartments, I can tell you. The city was buzzing. I mean, there was still a degree of mask wearing inside shops, although many didn't demand it. One restaurant took our temperature and sanitised our hands before they'd let us in, fair enough. But that was unusual. Most people were mask-free and social distancing, not so much. Places, as I said, were packed. The one thing that struck me was just how many opportunities there were to get the vaccine. I think America has done a really terrific job here. Firstly, in Phoenix Airport, before we even took off, there was a vaccine station around the gates where travellers could nip in and get their jabs before jetting off. And once we arrived in New York, one of Manhattan's largest railway stations, Penn Station, had announcements every few moments where you could just go and get the jab in a medical tent whilst waiting for your train. They were even offering a free weekly travel pass for anyone who dropped in. That's a pretty big incentive in New York if you're a commuter. On Father's Day slash Dave's birthday, yep, unfortunately he didn't have much luck this year. He got to have just the one special day, not two. As my teenager said, noob. I'm still not really sure what that means. If you've got teenagers, I'm sure you do. But we spent the day at the Museum of Natural History. Sidebar, the only place that made everyone, vaccinated or not, wear masks the whole day, despite reduced capacity and no food or drink available either. Bit challenging. But it was amazing to see the entire ground floor of the Oceanic Animals exhibition, just underneath the model of the blue whale, a large multi-tent vaccination centre, right there in the museum. Imagine it. Gawping at some walruses, getting the jab. (laughs) What a way to spend an afternoon. Whilst we were there, the city, and in fact the whole country, celebrated Juneteenth, now declared a federal holiday. It's a kind of like a national bank holiday by President Joe Biden. Only about a century too late, let's face it. Juneteenth, which is celebrated on June the 19th, is a day that commemorates the emancipation of African-American slaves in 1865. That was the day that federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas to take control of the state and free all the enslaved people. Texas had become somewhat of a haven for slave owners, despite the fact that two years earlier the Emancipation Proclamation had been signed, which frankly many states had ignored. 
It was a year later in Texas that some of the freed people had celebrated. And then on June the 19th, every year in Texas, those celebrations continued. And as African-American people moved to other states as the years went on, that tradition spread with organised food and song and dance and prayer. Texas was in fact the first state to make Juneteenth an official holiday, but not until 1980, following years of declining Juneteenth celebrations, which I really urge you to read up about, but mainly centred around the Jim Crow laws enforced by a lot of those southern states. Others, but not all states, did follow suit with Texas as the years went on, also making Juneteenth a state holiday. But it took until June the 17th this year, 2021, for a president to actually make Juneteenth an official federal holiday. The first new federal holiday since Martin Luther King Day was brought in in 1983. Do you know the most marvellous thing about the whole week in New York City? On top of just being in the city in itself and the fact the sun was shining and in fact I got to eat all the food and spending time together as a family in a meaningful way as opposed to just coexisting in a co-working homeschooling space was just seeing people. People we've got a history with and shared experiences with. It's been a long time since we've been able to connect with old friends, isn't it? Like Baz and Josh, who have lived in New York for 25 years now, but originally from Liverpool and Devon. Baz is an incredible tattoo artist who we met in 2016 when we lived in an apartment in the East Village close to his studio. They've lived in Tribeca in downtown Manhattan for more than two decades now, not far from the Ghostbusters fire station, which I never even realised was still an actual functioning fire station. There you go. And they told us actually for the first time their experience of 9-11, their apartment being so close to where the tower stood. I'd heard people before talk about the terrible sound of the planes hitting and the awful dust and chaos and horror that followed. But one thing Josh said really stuck with me. She said sometime after the plane had hit, the city was in disarray and police officers and firefighters were racing to the scene as some of those who'd been able to walk away from the devastation started to pass their apartment. There were sudden huge flocks of birds, thousands and thousands of birds of every kind that all rushed past the windows of their apartment building at top speed all at once. And just 30 seconds later, the first tower fell. What a defining memory. But you know, it was also great to meet up with new friends like wonderful Grace, a New Yorker born and raised, a Latina of Colombian heritage, who I spoke to pretty much every day for four months earlier this year. And we created a podcast series together. There was something just brilliant about walking into a packed Middle Eastern restaurant as she shouted across the tables, you're real, you're actually a real person, not just a face on a screen. Even the waiter cheered. (laughs) People really are what it's all about, aren't they? There are millions of us still waiting to see our families, but I got a real taste of the joy of reunion this past week and I hope as things open up, you've had that chance too or will do soon just need that border to open up. Bah! If you've been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you'll know that previously, whenever I used to visit New York, I used to dread going home. I think I just loved everything about the city so much. I just felt sad being anywhere else. This time, it felt different. I missed the crazy heat of the valley, the cacti, the mountains, and Frankly, not having to sleep in the same room as the children every night. That's expensive New York hotel rooms for you. 
And on the final day, as I wove in and out of the cars that stopped on the pedestrian crossing on a gridlock 6th Avenue, actually shouting, get this, actually shouting, I'm walking here! <laughs> There's one edge forward. <laughs> Where did that come from? Who am I, Joe Pesci? But I thought, yep, do you know, I'm ready to go home. We arrived home at 9pm to a blisteringly hot evening, still 100 degrees or 37 and the hairdryer wind out in force to discover we couldn't remember where we'd parked the car. <laughs> that was a fun way to spend half an hour lugging cases in an oven. But we found our motor and made it home to two deliriously excited dogs, two furious cats, some fish and a frankly indifferent lizard. Hooray. The next day we woke up super early to a really weird sound. What is that noise, I wondered as I opened the blinds in the bedroom. And then I saw it. Rain! After the longest streak of days that were hotter than 115 or 46 degrees since records began. Days we thankfully missed most of by being away. Days that were so hot that, despite watering, all my poor plants in the garden are scorched. Days so hot that doctors warned you'd get third degree burns if you stood on the pavement without your shoes on. After all that time, the weather here in the valley broke and it rained. Cue two really confused dogs on their morning walk at 7am. It occurred to me I don't think the pup has ever seen rain before in her entire life. She's seven months old Uh, but there was something glorious about walking around in that cooling rain but still being warm. It actually went on to become the wettest June the 23rd on record with, wait for it, two-tenths of an inch of rain. (laughs) Yep, that's half a centimetre. Half a centimetre is a wet June day here in Phoenix. Roll on monsoon season, eh? I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 